Quest Nation, thank you for tuning into the Love Quest podcast. Get your Bibles ready, get your notebook, get your coffee, get some water, whatever you need to do, and get ready to receive. The time is right now. Let's go. I want to welcome our online audience for joining us. You can be anywhere on a, on a Wednesday night. God is super good. Super duper good. Now, this is going to be a very, very, very good night. Right? We got a few people expecting. Now, for me, it's going to be a good night for you because you get to sit back and receive whatever God has for you. Um, it can be a better night if you become fruitful off of what's spoken. Why it's going to be a good night for me? Because I get to go on a journey with the Lord because... And I was back there, and I don't know what happened, but I was working on not really a new message, but a new message, all new slides and all that stuff. And yeah, it disappeared. And um, right when I got ready, it wouldn't download for some reason. And... Um, I tried to X out of it, and then I went back, and the whole project is gone. I guess y'all don't feel sorry for me. That's good. That's good. Wait till your turn next time. It's all good. Um, and then I looked at my iPad, and although I had it, you ever had it plugged in, but then the other end wasn't plugged into the power. That'll preach. Yeah. You think you plugged in, but you only got one side plugged into yourself. Um, so, all the really cool stuff that I came up with on my slides, we don't get to look at. So, y'all have to pray for me. Okay. Um, and then, I, yeah, my iPad, it only had 10%. So, I said, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm going to roll with it. I got a few notes in my phone and we're going to see where it's going to go. And um, <clears throat> sometimes I do that on purpose, not on purpose, because I can go into my iPad right now and I have lots and lots and lots of messages, lots. But I also can go to the kingdom message on Sunday. We didn't even get to it on Sunday night. So there's a lot of slides that you guys haven't heard, right? But because of technology, that doesn't mean I forfeit what God wants to say so I can be comfortable. So, Father, we thank you. As you told your disciples not to worry about what to save, that you will give them what they need to speak when they step into the assignment. And so, Lord, I thank you for even more revelation than what was established on those notes. Lord, I thank you that we all benefit tonight from your word. Holy Spirit, you are my lead, you are my guide, and you have anointed me. 
So anoint me in this moment. Anoint our ears to hear and our eyes to see. Lord, may we be fruitful from the words that is sown into us tonight. And we thank you, Lord, that we will learn how to speak kingdom language as our own. And we thank you for it now in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So tonight's title was going to be, still is, Big Mouth. And I remember my mom used to tell me, or people used to say, you gonna, your mouth going to get you in trouble. Your, your mouth going to get you in trouble. Come on, say that one, one time with me. Your mouth going to get you in trouble. Look at your neighbor. You got to give him the finger, though. You got not the finger, but you got to, your mouth going to get you in trouble. Your mouth going to get you in trouble. <laughs> and, um, and that is true in the kingdom of God. That's not a worldly principle. That is a kingdom principle. And I began to, you know, think about it today, and I was just like, um, kingdom, 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 kingdom. But if it's a kingdom, if it's a country, if it's a nation, if it's a culture, culture has language, right? Um, our, our young people come up with all kind of culture, that come, that all kind of language for culture. We come up with this lit. Now, when you're getting at somebody, what is it? What is it? What is it? Uh, what is that, uh, my son? And they be saying uh, when you talk to a girl, real cool, rhythm, right? You rhythm up. Exactly. But that this is what I'm saying. Some people don't know the language. That's the point. If you're not a part of the culture, you don't know the language. Language is everything. That's what I had to learn when I came to Canada. There was some stuff I would say, and you Canadians would look at me like I'm crazy. Because where I'm from, I would get the church, the church would be lit off of something that I would have said or how I approached the, the, the text. And then you say stuff here, and you see people's eyes, you're like, what is he talking about? And then so I got to explain it more, right? But the more and more I stick to who I am, but still learn how to broaden my, my language, not only do I become adapted to the culture that was here, but we create a culture that when people come in here, the languages that we use, it, I, you cannot have culture without language. Am I talking right now? You cannot have culture without language. So if we are going to have a kingdom culture and live as kingdom citizens, there must be a language that without the language being spoken, the kingdom cannot be manifested. It cannot be experienced and it cannot be advanced. You can't talk religious and kingdom okay you know you know when people say that that's that's christianese what are they talking about they're talking about a language right but then there's kingdom and kingdom has a language and jesus says this i give you the language or i give you the keys he sent his word 
to heal our disease. The, 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 the um, word became what? Flesh. And if the word became flesh, then there's, there, there's, there's an understanding that God gave us vocal cords. He gave us tongue. He gave us mouth. He gave us heart. He gave us mind. And what we have to understand is that it was God, it is God's intent to send the word and get it on our mouth. He says in Joshua 1, he says, meditate, he says, do not let these words depart from your mouth, meaning do not stop speaking the word. Meditate on it how often? Day and night, night and day. That's what he's saying. So we have to, one, we have to continue to speak the word or the king's language. If you can't, if you can't, if you don't speak the king's language, you can't colonize the earth. So what goes with colonization is language. So if you think that we're about to see kingdom come around us without speaking kingdom language, you are fooled. So then he says meditate, so speak it, meditate on it. And you shall make your way prosperous. Then you see where he says, speak to your mountain and your mountain shall be what? Moved. <laughs> I want you to turn with me really quickly. Mark 4, 13. Oh, I wish I had them slides, but I'm already, I'm in now. I'm in. Mark 4, 13. We underestimate words. We take words super light. We'll just adapt. We'll take any language of the world and then mix it in the same tongue as the kingdom and wonder why our soul is confused. He said this. Do you not discern and understand this parable? How then is it possible for you to discern and understand all parables? Listen. The sower sows the what? Word. Okay? What, is it, what does the next part say? Keep it here. Keep it here. The sower sows the word. And if anyone knows this explanation, this parable, it goes on to say that the sower sows the word and then it identifies four different types of what? Soil, which represents man's heart. You get what you, you following me so far. He says the sower sows the word and then the ones along the path are those who have the word sown in their what? Hearts. But when they what? Hear it. Satan comes when? At once and by force takes away the message which is sown in them. You understand that what is being sown in your heart, there's potential, there's life, there's power, there's promise on the inside, or the enemy would not come at once. And this is why I'm super careful with conversations I have after church. When I'm on my phone in church answering text messages, 
Because you can hear the word as the word says, but you don't hear the word. This is why I don't just sit with anybody. Hey, you got to move. Well, we can ride home together, but I got to get this word inside my soul and I got to get it buried in there so that it dies, take root, so it can produce. But we get so casual in church and we talking and we texting and we all get bad news and our whole time in service, our mind is on something else and the enemy just like. And you wonder why you heard the message and it didn't produce because you're not guarding your garden. What's your garden? Your heart. And you'll see in a minute why you have to guard your heart. You'll see in a minute out of the abundance of the heart because there are things you let in your heart and there are things you meditate on and there are things that you allow to take root in your heart and whatever becomes abundance in your heart, it has to come out of your mouth and whatever comes out of your mouth, it gives life or death. It ain't, you, you can't, let me help you. You ain't God, you can't change the principle set. When you buy a TV, the remote control going to work with that TV the way it's supposed to. You could try to bootleg the remote if you want to, to work for your neighbor's TV, but it can't work. And what we try to do is manipulate set principles in the earth. And wonder why we come up with strange fruit. Mixed breed fruit. Every promise of God should be a pure bread. Mark, uh, go, go down to verse 26. So we'll see in this parable, we go down to verse 26. And he said, the kingdom. Aren't we talking about the kingdom? Oh, I can't wait to start on, on Sunday. We're going we to start getting into the kingdom, because he says the kingdom is like a whole lot of times. And we can talk about the kingdom and all that, but if we're going to be kingdom citizens, every kingdom has laws, principles, it has rules, it has, and we need to know how the kingdom is like so we can walk like. The kingdom is, the kingdom of God is what? Like a man who what? Scatters seed upon the what? Ground. And then continues sleeping and rising night and day while the seed sprouts and grows and increases he knows not how. Now, we saw earlier that the farmer sows the seed, okay? We see here the kingdom is like a farmer. He sows the seed. He goes to sleep, okay? I want you to see this. He scatters seed. Every time we talk, we scatter in seed. <laughs> We'll read this for money purposes. Every time you talk, you the Bible says that every man will give account for the words they speak. You're not going to be judged, but you're going to give an account for the words you spoke because he gave you, man, <laughs> when we understand the responsibility for words. He says, then continues to sleep. Ain't it funny how you can say something to somebody or say something back then? Ain't it funny how later you forgot what you said and somebody, but they remembered you said it. And you done moved on, but that seed planted in their heart 
and they offended. And you're like, what did I do? I am so sorry. That's not what I meant. I want you to understand something. Your words, let me, let me say it this way. It don't matter what you meant. You got to learn how to tame your tongue so you only say what you mean. Because when you, whatever you say does not produce based on the authenticity or the intent of it. So you can say something on accident to somebody. Oops, I didn't mean to say. But the moment they hear it, that word has life or death in it. And that's what it's producing. So you'll say something to somebody, be like, oh, I didn't mean to say that. It really don't matter. But the moment they heard it, you just planted a seed in their head. And now you got to deal with that in the relationship. Do they really mean that? And you could be like, and you're going to spend months trying to be like, I, didn't, I, really, I was tripping. I was mad. I wasn't thinking. Here's the power of words. That you can say one thing to someone and years later, they're still scarred by it. And what God is holding us believers accountable to is we got to be skillful speakers. And in order to be skillful speakers, we have to be skillful, not only hearers, but listeners. He says, and then he goes to sleep and he he rises and he seeds sprouts and grows and increases. He knows not how. Right. Here's an example. You ever say something to somebody in the way they interpret it? You're like, how did you get that? How did you get that from what I said? I didn't say that. I didn't mean that. And here's where emotional intelligence is important. Because if, if you know who you're talking to, you can also know which words to speak. You can't speak the same way, same language, same tone, same temperament. You can ask one person, hey, let's go outside and clean up. Yes, sir, let's go. You say, hey, let's go outside and clean up. Somebody be like, "Ah, I got a few minutes. Ain't not that serious. Some people, you get, hey, now, let's go. Oh, okay, dad, serious. Dang, dad. Somebody will hear that tone and be like, let's go. You're right. I was slacking. They don't mind accountability. Somebody get offended, lead a church, you talk like that. Right, how we hear, it's all different. But if I, am trying to, if I am trying to produce something, then I know who I'm talking to and how I need to customize my language for that person. How you say something can close a deal or close a deal in a bad way. Don't nobody want to fool with you because you didn't, because uh, I wasn't in the mood today. Your, your words can't be tamed by your mood. You can't keep talking how you feel. And, you know, but culture says that's keeping it 100. Okay, keep it 100. Go to your job tomorrow, the job you don't want to be at, and go tell your boss you don't want to be here. Keep it 100. Most of us think we keep it 100. We don't keep it 100. We lying. So we see the earth produces acting by itself. 
You have to understand, the earth produces acting by itself. What did God take us out of? Earth. Okay? So the same way you plant pumpkin seed in the ground. Okay? And the earth produces pumpkins or plums or apples or whatever seed you plant, it produces. Okay? You are earth. This thing is made out of earth and within the soil of your heart. Whatever gets planted in your heart and whatever you nurture, whatever seeds you nurture, insecure seeds, poor self-image seeds, seeds that are planted. Who's the farmer? Is it fear? Is it fear? Is it love? Whatever is sitting in there, I don't care how hard you try, it will produce fruit. And nine times out of 10, it will be birthed out your mouth. The most dangerous words that we can ever entertain are the ones that go unchecked in the dark room of our mind. Yes, the words that are spoken are dangerous. But faith comes by hearing the word. Faith comes by hearing the word. In other words, those words that's in your mind, that you sit on your pillow at night just contemplating and thinking and meditating and believing, you hear them. And this is why it's important. This is where it says the, king, the kingdom suffers violent, the violent take it by force. Renewing your mind is a violent thing. When you have thoughts in your mind, you actually have to open your mouth and say the contrary. And to be diligent in that, that is violent. That is tiring. There's times in the middle of the night I've been attacked in my mind and I open my mouth in the name of Jesus and you get tired of it. It's relentless work or you surrender or submit to the thoughts in your mind. Please understand this today. Do not think that the thoughts in your mind are just going to go away. You, you choose to let your thoughts have babies. James 1.13. <laughs> what you focus on. These windows right here. The eyes the ears and the mouth are the gates to your heart. They are the gates to your heart. And whatever you listen to over and over and over and over, whatever you watch over and over and over, and whatever you say over and over and over, you will produce. This is a, this is a relentless sport. You cannot let up. Let nobody, no, I need TPT, please. Whether your flesh is sowing the word, whether the devil's sowing the word, or whether your company is sowing the word, or whether that movie you watch is sowing the word, that TV series is sowing the word, you got to know that you can't watch certain stuff based on where you're battling. Some of y'all can't afford to watch some of the shows you watch because the very thing that entertains you, you're trying to get free from. Yeah, you trying to deal with sex stuff, you can't afford to watch no show with not one sex scene. Not even a dry sex, not no sex, no, not, not imply sex. You might need to watch cartoons for a season. 
And these days, be careful what cartoons you're watching. He said, when you're tempted, don't ever say, God is tempting me. For God is incapable of being tempted by evil, and he is never the source of temptation. Instead, it is each person's own desires. Get your desires under control. And it is thoughts. Okay, y'all gonna make me preach real hard today. It's thoughts that drag them into evil and lure them away into darkness. Okay, okay. Let's go back to verse 13. See this? It ain't the devil. Can I, can I help some people tonight? The stuff you're blaming on the devil is not him. He takes advantage of this. <laughs> God is never the source of temptation. Verse 14. Instead, say instead, is each person. Instead is you. <laughs> Let me give you the translation. Instead, it's you. <laughs> it's each person's own desires and thoughts that drag them into evil and lure them into the dark place. That dark place is when I am preparing a message within the kingdom is to talk about secrets. Yep. Secrets. These days, people hold a lot of secrets. 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 Stuff that you can't, you won't tell nobody. Secrets. And, 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 and you keep thinking because you told God, that's going to liberate you. But there's a reason why he said, go find a brother and confess. Relieve yourself from those dark places. Because in the dark room, that's where images are developed. And this is what you understand. This is why people have a vision board. Why a vision board? It is, it is by nature, it is by principle, that the more you look at that picture, the more likely you are in a matter of time to produce just that. So I need to get you in the dark room long enough to develop pictures that are now tattooed on the forehead of your mind. And it's only a matter of time, right? Because look, now you're looking at the picture, now it births, des now it births desire. <laughs> that, that's why when you slip up, you, it ain't, you didn't just slip up. You gotta, get, you gotta clean the bedroom of your mind out. You gotta get rid of pictures. Right. If you know you, you in the mall, you in the mall, fellas or ladies, you in the mall, you, you can't you, you can't or, or IG, you just can't stop. You can't boom, bring it back. You can't bring it back. You can't go in, open the pictures and look at all the temptation. You, you just can't and think because no one see like, listen, you ain't hiding from God. He's within. He's home. He's somebody who you hiding from. 
So do you know the manipulation of your own mind you have to do to think you're hiding? That's what Adam and Eve did. They went and hid like God wasn't, like they hid somewhere God couldn't get to. <laughs> this is why evil, we like to do things in the dark. Turn the lights out. What turn the lights out gonna do? <laughs> Somebody's always home. Look what it says. It's going to pull you away into darkness. Evil desires give birth to evil actions, right? It's the desires. This is why I try to tell you, single people, you, I don't care if you got a desire for somebody. Kill that desire. Stop feeding it because you can feed it and feed it and feed it. I want to get married. I want to do this. I want to do that. And then you do it. And then you're like, oh, this ain't what I wanted. So now you got to buy faith the marriage. Oh, it's going to get better. <laughs> it's in God's hands. No, it ain't. It's in your hands. Don't try to put it in God's hands now. <laughs> evil desires give birth to evil actions. And when sin is fully mature, it can murder you. Right? So we're talking about the epicenter of life. It's man's heart. Okay? The epicenter of life is man's heart, right? So go to Colossians 3, TPT 3. Oh, I wish I had those slides. No, but I'm good. I'm just talking to, my, just talking to myself. Don't worry about me. Colossians 3, 2, and 3. It's this hard thing. It's this heart thing we got to get down. Yes, yes, feast. I believe in my slide, I highlighted feast. So just pretend I highlighted it. Okay, feast. What does feast mean? Talk to me. Huh? Indulge, indulge, buffet, get, get sick. Right? We, we feast on. We're feasting. He said feast. Feast. You, you, don't, you cannot feast on Sunday. Although it's a lot of work going on here. But to feast, if you go to a buffet, you don't eat at the buffet. You, you make that plate. And you take that plate. So Sunday, guess what you come to church to do? Make a plate. Make a plate. And then you go home and you sit at the table and what? Feast. Ah! Woo! We come to church and we like, we think we come up with our bib at church and we just come on, feed us, pastor. Amen. Hallelujah. And then you go home. And you're like, I'm full. Church was so good. <laughs> no, no, no. This is why you come, you make your plate. You write some notes. You get your highlighter and be like, I'm getting back to that on Monday. We're going to eat that first. Right? I'm gonna, when I, before I go to bed, I'm about to nibble on this verse. 
right? You get what I'm saying? Oh, I'm about to get three or four of these. Pastor said this one, this one, and the angels that have been dispatched. I'm about to go say this five times throughout the week. I'm going to say this five times every time I get wake up. Make yourself a meal. Right now, I didn't like to get a number three. How many people go through the drive-thru? Come on. I see drive-thru on your face. Amen. <laughs> Folks, ashamed. Late night in the drive-thru. Can I get a number? Uh, hey, babe, go and tell, go tell them. to feast on the word. Man, you, you, man, when you go to a buffet, normally, now, you, anybody ever go to a buffet by themselves? <laughs> amen, 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 that's good, that's good, that's good, that's good. Normally, you don't go to a buffet by yourself. <laughs> right, you, you normally, buffet is where you go with some friends, everybody want to eat happy. Normally, you go to buffet drive through by yourself, buffet, you go on the feast, okay? Now, when you go to the buffet or anywhere to eat, you order, like, like you even go and you order. Even before you go to a restaurant, you own the menu before you go, and you're like, when I go here, I can't wait to get, there's an expectation for that steak, Right, but before you could, you got a treat coming to church like that buffet, you coming to make your plate and it's going to give you a five course, six course meal or even three because then Wednesday you can, anybody go to buffet and go back? Get seconds? Right, it's a buffet. So this is, this is what we like to do at Loveway, it's a buffet. So by Wednesday come, you can go get another plate. Right, but on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, guess what you got to do? You got to sit down and you got to feast. And you got to feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm and fill your what? Thoughts. You got to fill your thoughts with heavenly realities and not with the distractions of the natural realm. This is important. Because if you notice the last couple of weeks that I, 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 I shared, we were talking about prophesying. And this is what I'm leading back into, just taking another approach. That's why I said big mouth. You got big power in your mouth. And so you, you, it's hard for people to prophesy the, the way the kingdom wants you to prophesy when your heart is not filled with kingdom language. So he says... Go back, go back, go back, go back. Feel your thoughts. Feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm. Feel your thoughts with heavenly realities. Come on, say, feel my thoughts with heavenly realities. This is very, this is very important. Prophesying is not just speaking the logos. It's not just speaking positivity. And it's not about merely foretelling. True prophesying it is a lifestyle of speaking truths and realities of the kingdom. And in order to truly prophesy, you have to have revelation and faith in that revelation. 
Because what feasting does is it, 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 it births faith. Right? Or you think about when you go and you're like, ooh, that chicken look good. I'm going to put some. Normally when we at a buffet, you put on your plate what look good. Buffet allows you to try things. But when you taste it, you like, mm, this the real deal. Now you got faith in what you heard or what you saw. It's no way to increase faith without tasting what you heard. So it's one thing to document what you heard me say and with the Holy Spirit, how he doubled down on the word on Sunday or Wednesday, but then when you go home and you begin to taste it for yourself, it was one thing what my grandmama told me about Jesus, it was another thing for me to taste and see that Jesus was good myself. Now I got my own faith. I'm not just riding on the coattail. Listen, I, I, I know I'm called to preach the word to you. I know we're called to lead at the same time. How much better would the church be if our faith increased to the same level, around the same word, in agreement, unified about what God can do? Right? It's not just me up here looking crazy or the worship team looking crazy. And we like the Lord is here. And we know the Lord is here, and you like, where are you at? <laughs> right, but when you have read and understand what being in the presence of God looks like, feel like, and we got 10, 12, week after week, it, the commonality is increasing. Now the, fla- the temple is filled. Uh, Proverbs, Proverbs 4, 20, TPT. Hallelujah. We're going to see the heart-mouth correlation. I read this on Sunday. I believe it's Sunday night or something. The way you got saved is you believed in your heart and confessed with your tongue. You believe with your heart and confess with your tongue. Come on. Believe with your heart, confess with your tongue. One more time. Believe with your heart and... It has to work together. You can't just merely confess the word but don't believe the word. Right, you ever really be mad at somebody and you like, oh, you get on my nerves. Guess what? You believe they get on your nerves. You said they get on your nerves. And guess what? Byproduct, they, the byproduct of that, they experience they get on your nerves. <laughs> There's no experience without heart and mouth correlation. You can talk all you want. You ever hear somebody sing a song they don't believe? I'm like, oh. They don't, they don't got no. You go on here, Whitney Houston sing national anthem. You don't want to hear nobody else sing the national anthem. Right? There's, there's people, when they open their mouth, there's such a conviction. Some of y'all bought some cars from somebody who sold you. They was convicted that this car is the one for you. No other car. This one is for you. Right? The, the, the body of Christ needs conviction. All right, conviction. Say conviction. Listen to what he says. Is this TPT correct? Thank you. Listen carefully. One day I ain't going to even be able to hear you say yes. Hallelujah. They're just quickening my spirit. I'm like, she too close. We got to get somewhere else. She too close. I wasn't supposed to hear that. <laughs> Listen carefully, my dear child, to everything that I teach you. And pay attention to all that I have to say. Everything, all. Don't leave nothing out. 
The enemy may not come and steal the whole word, but if he can steal a piece of the word, he can steal the whole revelation for sure. It's why you got to write it down. Let me tell you, ain't none of y'all that smart. He just be looking at me like, okay. I, I just in the spirit realm see the enemy like, ah, interception. Just, <laughs> it's too much. Let me help you. It's too much. And I do believe the way God wired us, we retain more when our body parts interact with what we hear. Right? Biologically speaking, we retain more when we're sitting here writing and there's nerves that go. There's, there's things that connect. He made us for a reason. Imagine if something, nobody, imagine if everybody back in the day just listened to the, to the prophets. That's good, Moses. That is so good, Moses. <laughs> well, Moses didn't, have, didn't, didn't, didn't just hear the Ten Commandments. He wrote it down. And we are the beneficiaries of students. You, can't, you cannot make disciples if you will not be made or be a student. You can't be a, te a teacher before you're a student. And if you're called to make disciples, you actually got to have a season of being a student first. Don't nobody in here know all the Bible and all, no, man, I don't care. I, man, I will sit in the midst of greatness and they're sharing with me stuff that I've heard before, but I'm writing it down because it's in the obedience and the posture of teach me, Lord, that he'll reveal something to me when my pen is ready, that when I'm listening to him, I may get a few things, but man, it's something that happens when I don't have to try to remember when I don't have to try to remember what's being spoken for whoever this is for, because I'm trying, this, this has everything to do with the enemy stealing the word, feasting on the word. You don't just go look at the buffet and go sit down and get full. Take pictures of the buffet. Then you go back to the table and everybody got food on their plate and they're like, where your food at? <laughs> Up here. <laughs> right here. <laughs> your smart self gonna sit there and starve to death. Up here. <laughs> Hallelujah. Listen, listen carefully, my dear child. Everything, everything, all. Fill your thoughts with my words. I'm telling you, we're all filling our thoughts with somebody's words. You listening to somebody. You have a brand of listening. You have a brand of listening. Your podcast. You're, you're, there's a type of person or type of people, right? You have what you, you, you here's, here's how you know what's going on in your heart because there's certain things that intrigue you, you want to talk about. 
You know, there's, there's, the, there's the vaccine, and you, so you perk your ears, you're like, ooh, and you, you can talk all day. What can you talk all day about? Are you, God, are you messy? Do you love gossip? Right, that's a signal of what's in your heart. I'm not talking about if you're a good person. Fill your thoughts with my words until they penetrate deep into your spirit until they're a byproduct of your, they're not a byproduct, they are, they are your nature. My words become your words, he says. My thoughts become your thoughts. My mind become your mind. And then my will becomes your will. Therefore, pray whatever you want to pray and I'll give it to you. Why? Because you're praying what I want. You see what he says? He, he, he says, he says, if you get your word, abide in me and I'll abide in you. You see this? And then he says, then he says, pray. Communicate what you want. And that's why you understand when we pray a lot of times, we're praying a lot of things that we really, in our heart, God, your will be done. He like, you really don't want my will to be done. God, send me, I go. God, you know, God like, no, you won't go. He like, I'm not going to tell you where to go because you're going to argue with me. Right? He said, with your, right? right? Look, look how important this is. He says, with your lips, you serve me. But your what? Heart is far from me. Why is the heart and the lips important to be in the same place? Right? You can't keep cheating on me and talking about I love you though. <laughs> you can't keep beating me and talking about I love you though. You can't keep talking down to me and talking about I honor you so much. <laughs> With your lips you serve me. But your heart, and when God can get the epicenter of your life, then he can, this is what he says, fill your thoughts with my words until they penetrate deep into your spirit. Then, say then. Then as you sit down and feast on the buffet. You see, there's an unwrapping. Monday, we're going to unwrap. They will impart true light. See, man, do you see this process here, Thomas? Folks think they're getting it all. If Sunday's word was rich, can you imagine if you sit down and begin to unwrap? Right, I ain't never, never, I've never gotten full off a steak that came to my table. <laughs> I've never tasted a good steak that came to my table. I've gotten full off a steak that came to my table and went into my belly. I've tasted a good steak that came to my table and then I partook and cut it medium rare. Black peppercorn sauce <laughs> with a blue cheese crust. Hallelujah. And then it hits my palate. And then you understand the importance about tasting. That's why when we fast, our palate changes. So when you're eating sugar, like you eating candy and fruit, fruit be sour. But when you stop eating candy and eating fruit, fruit be sweet. You see people eating fruit during the fast. It's like you eating candy. 
right? And so what God is telling you is like, man, you're going to have to starve yourself of junk food. <laughs> and you're going to have to be willing to renew your mind. You're going to have to change your palate. Right? You got to change your palate. You got to have a different diet. What are you feasting on? Then as you unwrap my words, they will. Once you unwrap my words, they will impart true life, true life and radiant. Uh, you know, Sunday you get excited and it's like, oh my God, you cried a little bit. You used at the altar. Right? They, they put the, now you're official because they put the blanket on you. You're like, I'm here, Lord. I'm here, Lord. Keep coming to the altar. Please keep coming to the altar. I'm here, Lord. But here's the point. There's, there, we, it, it ain't about you coming to the altar alone. Man, what do you do when you get up? That's key. If you ain't going to make a different decision when you get up, don't even come to the altar. Because God comes to impart, he comes to encourage, he comes to take that burden. You left the burden at the altar, but when you get up, some of you put the burden right back on. He says he imparts true life and radiant health into the very core of your being. The core is everything to agility. And if you develop a strong core, then whatever life throws at you, pivoting is not an issue. Wow. If you develop a strong core, when life throws a wrench at you, you do not mind what? Pivoting. That's how we made it through the pandemic or thrive through the pandemic is because our foundation, our core was strong. So whatever the government threw at us, it was like, okay, we'll go this way. We'll go that way. Not a problem. The very core of your being. So, this is the important part. So above all. What does it say? What does above all mean? Guard the affections of your heart. For they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, for from there flows the wellspring or issues of life. Guard your heart, for out of your heart flows the issues of life. Guard your heart. I love how I said meditate on it, chew on it, feast on it, and then guard it. For out of, he go, he's going to share true life riches. He's going to impart true life riches. Then it says guard it. For some of you, it shouldn't take this long to be where God promised you should be right now. It is not up to God. God has already predestined that promise. He's already went before you. He's already deemed your marriage successful. But are you guarding the heart of your relationships, the heart of your mind? 
So whenever the Bible's talking about the mind, it's talking about the heart. Not the... No, it's not talking about that. It's talking about the heart, the suke, the thinker, the feeler, the chooser, man's soul. Right? Your concepts. Remember, all this stuff flows together. That's why we take notes, because all of these messages flow together. Your concepts. So he says, feast on my concepts. Avoid dishonest speech and pretentious words. Be free from using perverse, or another word for perverse is contrary. You ready? You have to prevent yourself from speaking contrary to what God has said. This is why you should never care when people speak things about you over you that ain't what God said. Do you know if you speak against me or against my family or against this church and it ain't what God said, you going to be the one proven to be false. Avoid dishonest speech. Avoid dishonest speech and pretentious words. Be free from using contrary words no matter what. I don't care what you think about yourself. If it ain't what God said, shut your mouth. I don't care what you think about your friend or your spouse. If it ain't what God said, shut your mouth. I don't care if they're a low-down, dirty dog. You better call them a blessed dog. Highly favored dog rising in Jesus' name. He say, set your gaze on the path before you with fixed purpose, looking straight ahead, ignore. He said, ignore life's distractions. I, man, he can't t- you, God, you can't tell me that if it ain't possible. Set your gaze on the path before you. I was telling the worship team in the back, we are in one of the most distracting times culture and humanity has ever been a part of. With fixed purpose. Fixed. Can can you get a fixed purpose and get out of the double-mindedness? Looking straight ahead. Ignore life's distractions. Why? Because you have a heart to guard. Out of the abundance of the heart, the Bible says, the mouth speaks. So you may not necessarily be speaking it now, but it's only a matter of time before the overflow of your desires, your affections, your thoughts, and those words, they begin, and they only can come out one way. It's like, look, you know what I'm saying? If, if, you, if, if you don't have a, excuse me, movement, you don't have a bowel movement, what is that called? Constipation. The way God made you physically, whatever goes in, what? God comes in. That's how he made us. So the word goes in. This is what he did with the talents. I gave you one word. I gave you three words. I gave you five words. They all seeds. So the, the, the principle of seeds work across wherever seeds are sown. So he says, if I share with you revelation... If you're a steward over it, I give you more. If you're not, I'm going to take what you got. And that's why we steward the word of God here, and he keeps on sending more word. You don't, oh, pastor, you, this is, let me help you. 
I have the confidence to come up here without what I prepared. Why? Because I've stewarded it. So even when I don't got my own me, the heart, because you filled it with his word, you ain't never out of a word. And this is exactly how it works when you're in trouble. You can't, your phone, your phone dead. You can't call nobody. You in trouble, you stressed out, you losing your mind. You don't got the Bible, the, the church is closed. It's two in the morning, you get mentally attacked. But because you filled yourself with the word, when the time comes, the Holy Ghost will bring up the word of God and all of a sudden, you sharing the word and the enemy is under your feet, you're more than a conqueror, you have the mind of Christ. You, you get what I'm saying? You gotta fill yourself with the word. Because when pressure comes and squeeze you, whatever's in you is going to come out. You can hide all you want to, but the day of squeezing is coming. Everybody got to get squalls. <laughs> it's the Father's love to let you get squalls. <laughs> Proverbs 25, 11. Give a couple more and we... Woo, shaka. That's what he says. He says, uh, I'll give you the keys to the kingdom and whatever you bind on earth shall be, how you gonna bind it? You, you, ever, you, ever, you ever wrestle, you ever grab a demon, like a real demon, like you ever grab one and put handcuffs on a demon? You, you can't do that. <laughs> that ain't gonna work, right? Or, or this, this is why we gotta purify this so when we do speak God's word, the, 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 the spirit realm knows it's authenticated. The enemy know you just cussed somebody out, which was demon assistant. And then now you're going to go try and cast his cousin out. <laughs> He's like, no, your mouth worked for me. Your mouth don't work. It ain't activated over here. Right? It, it, James tells me, we ain't we, we, we there. When some words spoken at just the right time are as appealing as apples gilded in gold and surrounded with silver. Right? The right word at the right time. The right word at the right time. 1 Peter 3.10. 1 Peter 3.10. Even God. Genesis. The earth was void. Empty. What does it say? And God said. How did he handle darkness? He spoke to light. He spoke light. You can't, you can't speak darkness to get rid of darkness. That's why he says, repay evil with good. You got negative thoughts in your mind, you got to speak life. When you turn the lights on, guess what? Darkness flees. But the scripture tells us, whoever wants to embrace true life, whoever wants to embrace true life, whoever wants to embrace true life and find beauty in each day must stop speaking evil let me tell you what speaking evil is it's whatever's contrary to what god said 
hurtful words and never deceive in what they say. Always turn from what is wrong and cultivate what is good. Right? Now let's go back, let's go back, let's go back. Whoever wants to embrace true life and find beauty in each day must stop speaking evil, hurtful words, and never deceive in what they say. Whoever wants to enjoy, who wants to live a beautiful life, there's a language that produces that. And I think Peter is echoing what David says in Psalm 34, 12. Can you put that up? And then we'll close at James. Do you want to live a long time, good life, enjoying the beauty that fills each day? Then never speak a lie. You know what is a lie? Whatever's contrary to truth. Then never speak a lie or allow wicked words to come from your mouth. So I got to get on my mouth what God says about me, whether I think so or not. The reality of those words will come to pass. Go to James 3, 1, we'll, we'll, we'll close there. Right? The Bible says the just shall live by what? Faith. The just shall live by faith. Right? Go to verse 2. Thank you. We all fail in many areas. Now, now this is the closing scripture, okay? This is the closing scripture, okay? So we're going to have to really focus in on this, and uh, we'll pick up next, next week. We all fail in many areas, but es say especially. Woman, come on, yell it out, especially. Especially with our what? Words. Yet, if... We're able to bridle the words we say. We are powerful enough to control ourselves in every way. And that means our character is mature and fully developed. You want to know what being mature and grown up is? Is having control over this thing right here. Look at this. Go back. Bam, especially, we, we fail in a whole lot. But then, James say, but for sure, the words. <laughs> Come on, verse three. I love it. Horses, anybody hear horses before? Only a few people, hallelujah. Right, most of y'all didn't answer because you didn't understand. You go, what'd he say, what'd he say? Horses have bits and brittles, kibbles, and bits in their mouths so that we can control and guide their large body. Y'all following right now? So a bit and a brittle in the mouth of a horse can control that big old animal. Got me? And the same with mighty ships. 
though they are massive and driven by fierce winds, yet they are steered by a tiny rudder at the direction of the person at the helm. (laughs) You, You do no rudder, but you are the person at the helm. But you can't control this. All right. Until you control this. And so the tongue is a small part of the body. Small part of the body. Yet, yet, yet it carries great power. Just think of how small, how a small flame can set a huge forest ablaze. And the tongue is a fire. It can be compared to the sum total of wickedness and is the most dangerous part of our human body. It corrupts the entire body and is a hellish flame. It releases a fire that can burn throughout the course of human existence. For every wild animal on earth, including birds, creeping reptiles, and creatures of the sea and the land have all been overpowered and tamed by humans. But the tongue is not able to be tamed. It's a fickle, unrestrained evil that spews out words full of toxic poison. We use our tongue to praise God, hallelujah, to the highest praise. Our Father, and then turn around and curse a person who was made in his very image. Y'all see that? How you yabba 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 do? That's God's child. The one you just finished singing to. And he overlooked your filthy self. Now you want to go home and tell somebody how filthy they are. Hallelujah. Out of the same mouth, we pour out words of praise. One minute curses the next. My brothers and sisters, this should never be. Would you look for olives hanging on a fig tree or go to pick figs from a grapevine? Is it possible that fresh and bitter water can flow out the same spring? So neither can a bitter spring produce fresh water. If you consider yourself to be wise and one who understands the ways of God, advertise it with a beautiful, fruitful life guided by wisdom's gentleness. Never brag or boast about what you've done and you'll prove that you're truly wise. But if there is, a, is bitter jealousy or competition hiding in your heart, then don't deny it and try to compensate for it by boasting and being phony. For that has nothing to do with God's heavenly wisdom, but can best be described as the wisdom of this world, both selfish and devilish. So wherever jealousy and selfishness and uncovered or uncovered sorry you will also find many troubles in every kind of meanness isn't that funny how that is in the context of our tongue because wherever we find in, in in this world because we watch it and we're pursuing, and we're on Instagram, and we look and we're coveting, we're envying, and we're like, oh, I want that. That gets in our heart. And then we find ourselves using our tongue 
demeaning people, putting people down, belittling people, stopping people, hating on people, and we wonder why we stuck. What would happen if we gave our tongue to the Holy Spirit? What would happen if we did our best every day to only speak what God says? If God says it's good, guess what? It's good, right? We still have to guard our place, our hearts, our lives, our minds. Not saying just go around somebody that's killing people and be like, but God said you good, you good. No, you need to run and protect yourself, right? This is with wisdom. But what you have to understand, this little thing right here in your mouth, we can't be a prophesying church and a lying church. We can't be a prophesying church and cussing people out. We can't be a prophesying church and a gossiping church. We can't be a prophesying church, right? This is very important when it comes to speaking kingdom language. And we'll get into what kingdom language is Sunday as we unfold some of those mysteries. But your tongue, how do you use it? How do you use it? Whoever thought they would be getting a message on how they speak? Well, the Bible seems to say it's important. Now, we can sit here and we can, in our minds, ignore that we have potty mouths sometimes. But let's go, let's go away from, like, the obvious stuff. Like, there's people in here that don't cuss or that, that's cool. But what about the things you say negative about yourself? What about the constant negativity you speak about your circumstance? Oh, I'll never be able to. But what did God say? Don't, at least don't let your words cancel you out. See, this is what I feel. In order to really know God's will and direction, we have to be willing to be the fullest expression of ourselves, even in uncertain places and times. Right, when we was going to look at buildings in Toronto, there was a church we walked in. I'm sorry if they watch it. It wasn't cool. But it wasn't cool. It wasn't like it wasn't cool because it wasn't cool. It just wasn't us. But I could not walk in there. I had to make sure that my mind and my spirit was ready the same way I walked into the church that was us. Because when I walked into the building next door, I walked in with hope. In that place, God can show me his will. So God looks at an empty earth that's void and full of darkness, and he's like, man, there's so much potential, and he began to build. And so you got to be careful with how you perceive things because if you perceive it negative, you're going to speak negative and wonder why ain't no doors opening for you. Understand, it's a closed door. That ain't that positive. So if we're praying for open doors, we got to learn how to speak to closed ones. But be willing to hear no. Yes. Because there's some yeses God is going to give you and you ain't going to like it. So don't think you just want God's yes. Stop speaking over your business with negativity. Stop speaking over your relationships with negativity. 
And I'm talking about this isn't just what you say to a person. It's also what you say about a person. Let me tell you how powerful words are. The man goes to God, goes to Jesus, and he says, Jesus, don't you do not got to come to my house. All you got to do is send the word. You better understand the power of your word because guess what? Your words have Amazon. You got them devils waiting for you to put a package on the porch and it's going to carry it right to the address. And that's why you wonder when you get around people you've been talking about, you don't feel comfortable. You know that two-faced stuff. <laughs> Even if you allow thoughts in your mind about people to stay there. Sometimes you got to tell yourself, no, they're a good person. Sometimes it ain't about you gossiping. Sometimes it's about you gossiping in your head and believing a lie about somebody. And it's developing a narrative so when you get around that person, you don't even trust them. Like the word is the word. Like, like speech, it doesn't have to be audible. There's stuff on your, you driving home, ain't nobody saying nothing. Ain't no music on. And you got all kind of conversations going on. Those words are for real. Those words have power. So you're going to have to be willing to, to, to 2 Corinthians 10, you're going to have to be willing to take the word and pull them down. And if it's God or the Holy Spirit speaking words to you, then you got to get it out of your head and put it on your tongue so it can get into your heart. The tongue is like the pen of a ready writer, the Bible says. So you can't just think about what God is saying to you. You actually have to put it on your tongue and give it life. And as you speak it, it gets written on your heart. Father, we thank you. For a wholesome tongue self-discipline in the area of our speech. Lord, we will learn to say what you say about a circumstance. We will not let our past failures train our tongue. We will not let what the negative adults and friends and statistics said about us, we will not give it life. Even if, I, even if I'm not feeling well, what's going to come, what is going to be spoken out of this mouth will be, I am receiving my healing by his stripes. I will speak over myself while I got the flu, while I got a runny nose. In the name of Jesus, my body is aligning up to be whole and healthy like God created it to be. Lord, you gave us your word to heal all of our diseases, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Lord, may we be skillful with our speech. May we not take the power of our words lightly. Your word says there is life and death in our tongue. May we take heed to that word. May we speak life over people, Father. And when negativity is stirring up in our hearts, may we tame our tongues and either speak life to combat it or just be quiet. But Lord, I just declare we, we, we not only sons and daughters, but we talk as sons and daughters. We talk as children of the King. 
We thank you, Lord, that with one tongue, we don't speak life in this place. And then we go home or we go somewhere on the weekend. And then we have a tongue that represents another life. May we be single-minded. No double-mindedness, no double lives. Lord, forgive us for not using the gift of our speech wisely. The gift of our speech wisely. There are people that are mute. They cannot talk. Lord, thank you for speech. Thank you for vocal cords. Thank you for us to be able to articulate words. Thank you for language. Thank you for understanding. Thank you for ears to hear. Thank you for a heart to feel, Lord God. Thank you. We do not take these, these gifts lightly, Lord God. And I just speak in this place that we have skillful communicators. That we not get caught up in what we feel, but we communicate what you say, what you see, what you think. We just thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're here to help us as we become more like Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 If you got anything, you can give God a few hand claps. Awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I would say that's, hope you guys got something out of that. And uh, hope you guys go home this week and, and feast on the word. Uh, we have women's ministry at 2 p.m. this Saturday. Do not miss out on it. Hallelujah. We also have, uh, you can bring it down, we also have Army of David, our student ministry happening May 6th. Absolutely. Hallelujah. And so you guys want to get all your friends and all your, your children, grandchildren, neighbors, bring them out. It's going to be a good time. And then do not forget um, Toronto trip June 9th through the 11th. And uh, yeah, I'm excited. We've had over 40 people sign up already, so it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Um, also, Mother's Day, we are only having one experience. How many? One. And where is it? It's at the Mary Patterson Chapel. All right? It's at the Mary Patterson Chapel. It is at 6 p.m. 6 p.m. What time? 6 p.m. Please, 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 when friends and family ask from this day forward, we will be at Mary Patterson Chapel in the evening, but at 10 a.m., we will still be here. So there will be an experience here every Sunday, 10 a.m., and then it will be an experience there every Sunday, 6 p.m. Until Mother's Day, we will be having both experiences still here, 10 a.m. and 5.30 p.m things change on Mother's Day. Is that clear? Awesome. Um, and then, I think that's it. This Sunday, I want to make this clear. Is it this Sunday for an hour? Or is it? Huh? Next Sunday. May 7th? May 7th. Okay. May 7th, for those that are in crowns, we will only have crowns for one hour. So we need to start right on time. It's going to be a hour packed, packed hour, whatever you want to say. Um, you need to, we, we only have one hour because after that, we actually, because of scheduling, we need to have our directors, correct? We're having our directors meeting. We need to have it that Sunday 
because um, there's just a lot, a lot going on, and we need to get some things in order. So please make sure you're ready to start at 1 p.m. sharp. All right. I think that is. I want to hold this. Cool, cool. You guys ready to uh, go home? Or not? I, I, I mean, I got more word in my pocket. You can stand to your feet. a very special day because it's also Pastor Terrence's birthday. If you've ever received a a smile from Pastor Terrence or Pastor Julie, if you've ever received a handshake, a hug, uh, if you've ever had a conversation with them, impartation has happened and you have for sure been transformed. And so we want to extend an opportunity and we've asked Pastor Terrence for this moment so it's been approved, but we want to extend you an opportunity. I didn't ask them to, to do it, so y'all just no, so did. y'all clear. We I didn't ask them to do it. Absolutely. If we could do it, just because sure. whether you've been here from the beginning or you've just joined us the last couple of weeks, when your life has been so transformed by someone, you can't help but honor and respect um, and show gratitude. And so I just want to put up this scripture, please, because we just want to give context especially when we're talking about sewing. So this says, let the elders who perform the duties, and elders also can be seen or read as pastors. Let the elders who perform the duties of their office well be considered doubly worthy of honor and of adequate financial support, especially those who labor faithfully in preaching and teaching. Did y'all just not experience a pastor who faithfully prepared a word and then didn't have any of his notes Honestly, sir, it was one of the most transformative, impactful messages that I've ever received. And I don't know about you, but I don't have a lot of people in my life that scatter seeds and water my soul the way these two people do. And so we want to extend you an opportunity to sow into them. They are for sure good ground, okay? They steward the word. They steward their finances. They steward our hearts. And uh, sowing is a heart issue. And so if you... Go home because you fixed your plate. You're going to go home and you're going to feast on the word that pastor had about cleansing our heart and having our words aligned with God's words, then they are good ground. So we want to give you an opportunity to sow into that. Um, You can do so at the back. You can do so by e-transferring lovequestmi at gmail.com or you can give cash or check. And this is going to happen on all services right up until uh, Mother's Day and uh, Pastor Terrence's birthday. So if you don't have it today, um, that's okay. But I also encourage you to to, uh, check with the Lord, right? So if you've got this like quickening in your spirit right now and you're like, I don't know, like, do it. Be obedient to the word of God. Pastor Julia talked about that last week about being fire starters and quickly obeying the word of God. And I will guarantee you will see fruitfulness lavish fruit and fruit that remains in your life if you do so and any amount is a blessing and they are good ground so thank you sir thank you so much 
So um, just really quickly, and you guys can put this scripture up. I'm going to teach on this one day. It might be in directors. I'm not sure. But um, there's some revelation that we, we must understand that there, there's a person, and then there's their gift. But before the gift, the person has to give their heart to the Lord so the Lord can take their gift and use it for himself. And then there's the house. There, there's, sorry, there's a church, there's a house, and there's a hub. And when you have pastors in a church, there's a difference between a pastor and a parent. When you just go to a church, they're very professional. It's pastor and it's professional. They're hired. They're there to serve in that one capacity. And then you go to a house. Things are different. When you have a house, a house can, a church can only turn into a house when it has the father's heart. So he sends to certain churches for whatever reason he does it. And he puts upon a man and a woman, the father's, a parental heart. So they talk to people a little bit differently. Uh, they'll, they'll, if you notice the way I preach, I preach like a father and we make the room like the father's talking to his children. There's, it's, it, it's, it feels more at home. There, I don't mind sitting on some jokes. I don't mind calling my this, a son from the back and say, hey, you came in late. Come on in, buddy. Right? Father cares about that. Right? But then it goes from a house to a hub. And when you go to a hub, this is a place, when you think of hubs, Atlanta, New York, you think this is where things come in to that place to distribute in the region and things go out. And this is a hub. It's a place where all gifts will be equipped and developed. You'll find in a place that's a hub where there are people who have gifts to start their own ministry before the bigger picture of the kingdom. They will submit their gifts in the hub and things come in. God will send gifts to our church to edify the church. But God also will equip and send gifts out just like a real global hub, right? And so just... It's very important that you understand the context of the kind of church you're at so you don't think that every church that you've experienced has to run the same way. Okay, you see the scripture says, after all, though you should have 10,000 teachers, guides to direct you in Christ, yet you do not have many fathers. And when I look at a generation like this, it's been such an attack on fathers. This is pretty much a fatherless generation. People don't even know how to, people people have uh, uh, male leader issues, all these different things. But you have to realize when you're in a house, because when you're in a house versus a church, it's different. And what you have to understand is there's people at the church, they just want to preach, meaning they want a word and they go home. They will never benefit from the parenting in the church. And then there's people who want to serve and they're like, man, I want to be a part, of the, a part of this ministry and I want to give my gifts and I'll find community. And then you find there's people who feel called as sons and daughters to the house. You can't be upset when those people respond to the tug on their heart in the way they honor, in the way that they submit and surrender to the house. We're going to have all types of people come to this place. But you have to understand this place has the Father's heart. 
Okay, and so what happens in in a place like this, you will see for real sons and daughters being raised. Right. But that's a heart posture. And some of you, you like, I'm not fooling with that. I already got dad issues. I got parental issues. You can be my pastor. Give me a good preach. I'll take some of the equipping, but I'm not fooling with that stuff right there. I'll give when I want to give. I want you to know that it's totally fine. Because as I'm called and PJ is called to, to not just be pastors, but to be, be fathers and mother to people, you also have to also answer the call to be sons and daughters of the house. So there's members, and then you'll find that there's a different posture that sons and daughters have. And when you understand you're a son and daughter of the house, you posture yourself different. So you take, you take a different ownership of the house because it's your house. Right. So I want you to understand that when sons and daughters come up here and God's going to send them from all over the world. It's already been prophesied years and years and years and years and years and years ago that PJ and I would. We have the father's heart and God is going to entrust us with many of his sons and daughters. It's not just going to be members of this church. It's going to be people that pastor churches from all. We're getting there. We're getting there. We're 45 years. It's going to be a day. So you'll be seeing gifts come in and out of these churches. This is where we're heading. So you got to make those decisions of what you're called to this church to be. Because to the level you submit to that, you'll benefit as well. There's conversations we have with sons and daughters that, man, I'm not walking around just calling anybody son and daughter. I don't even feel right right now. But my spiritual father back home, whenever I say, hey, son, how you doing? I still feel too young to call people sons, but there's some time it happens. But one day, God is going to hold me accountable for, for really putting that fully on, right? But that's a posture that you have to put. But I will tell you, when people pull on Pastor Julie and I in that way, there's just a different level of gifting that kicks in for those people. And it's nothing special or wrong with how you pull on it, but you get based on what you surrender to or submit to or invest in and if all you want is pastor terrence and pastor julia that's what you get how you doing you get a hug you get a handshake see ya but then there's other people who pull in a different way and and and, and you can go deeper that way and i just want you to understand and you should do your own research what it looks like what does that mean do not i'll say this last do not let your past church hurt rob you from kingdom revelation because the enemy knew that one day you would come across a house like this and he had to get a head start on your thinking and your concepts what is God calling you to and what does that have to do with what Pastor Daniela came up here and spoke on well she's a daughter of the house not merely because we call her that, but that's what she, that's how she pulled on us and that's how she wanted. So of course, a daughter is going to want, be like, no, we want to be a blessing to you guys. Those that don't, man, we are so cool with it. I want you to know that we are so cool with it. So don't feel no pressure. You can still come and feast and don't have to give nothing. I want you to know that. Is that cool? All right. Lord bless them and keep them in Jesus name. Amen. Hallelujah. Have a good evening. As soon as we walk in the room, everything change. Everything change. Everything change. As soon as we walk in the room, 
Thank you so much for joining us for this week's podcast. Make sure you like and subscribe on all of your favorite streaming platforms and follow us on social media. You can find us on IG and Facebook at LoveQuestINTL Church. We out here. But you know what it is. You know the motto. We out of time, but we ain't out of Jesus. So till next time, get your love fixed, man. As soon as we walk in the room, everything changes. Everything changes. Everything changes. As soon as